Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, we've been commentating ball-by-ball ball action of the New Zealand effort so far in the T20 World Cup across in the UAE. And uh, one of the components of that, of course, is uh, former Black Cap uh, Grant Elliott alongside Daniel McCarty. They're bringing us uh, some terrific commentary and some great atmosphere towards uh, the end of that thrilling encounter against uh, Pakistan the other day where New Zealand... Uh, ended up coming second, but still, uh, they'll be on deck again when they play India uh, on Monday, and that is all of a sudden a massive game in the context of things. Uh, and uh, Grant Elliott's joined us now, which is great. Uh, very busy on the sh- on the station. Um, Grant, uh, first of all, um, yeah, we were close, but I, I got the feeling that um, Pakistan sort of had it pretty much under control, and uh, with about four overs to go, that Shaab Malik's been around a long time, hadn't he? Yeah, morning, Smithy. Great to be on the show. Um, yeah, I, it was an early start for me and uh, Daniel McCarty, but exciting to, to watch Pakistan versus New Zealand. And obviously, after Rami's Raja, the chairman's uh, uh, words of encouragement against New Zealand when we, uh, um, when we uh, left the tour of Pakistan. So they were pretty motivated. But we, we sort of felt like a score on that wicket. It was a tough batting wicket. And when you see someone like Barbara's... Um, and Kane Williamson just sort of struggled to really get any timing and any really fluency into the innings, then you know it is a tough surface. So 140 was kind of like a par score, we reckon. We were slightly mm. under that, so we had to bowl well. Uh, we bowled well in the, the front six, didn't manage to get enough wickets. Um, Pakistan with uh, 12 runs behind us in that first six overs, so they started really slowly which could have actually come back to bite them, especially when they lost those wickets in succession through the middle. But as you said, Shab Malik, um, you know, we looked at Hafiz, age 41, Shab Malik, age 39, in that team. And everyone says that, you know, T20 is a game for, for youngsters. But when you've got experienced heads in tough situations and pressurised situations, they came through. Hafiz had a six off his first delivery. Um, and was playing with a lot of freedom. He only got 11, but in the context of the game, it was 11 or, you know, seven balls. And then Shaab Malik, uh, that, that over of Mitchell Satner, he sensed that that was uh, the moment for him to go. His strength is playing spin and, you know, hit a, a flurry of, of boundaries and that buried New Zealand. Uh, let's, let's look at um, uh, what New Zealand did. Uh, with their batting order, because I, I raised a couple of uh, eyebrows. I, I, I scratched my head on a couple of things. I was quite surprised. I wasn't openly surprised that Mitchell opened the batting because they'd used that in warm-up games. I was a little disappointed that he did. I, I, I kind of think Conway's ideally suited, and I like the right-hand-left-hand combination at the top. Uh, but Jimmy Neeshan walked out at four. I was really surprised at that. Yeah, I, I mean, like you, Smithy, I was extremely um, surprised at the whole batting order, if I'm honest. Um, I think, you know, they did trial Mitchell um, and Slice, but I think had a go in, in the warm-up games to open. Um, but when you look at that order, you, 
I do fancy a left-hand-right-hand left combination, and we know that Charger was going to be low. We know it was going to be slow. And I think that that suits the batting of Williamson and Conway. They're both probably our best players of spin. So you want to give them as many balls as, as you possibly can. And actually, Williamson and Conway that were the only ones to actually get themselves in um, in the innings and, and get over 20. Um, so, or Mitchell did as well at, at the start. But, yeah, it, it almost felt like there wasn't really that consistency that we've always seen with the Black Caps team. Um, Williamson at three was fine. But, yeah, Nisham coming in at four, perhaps that was to negate Shadab Khan. But then... You know, they brought on Hafiz, and that is a luxury that we don't have at the moment is that off-spin option. And when I look at successful teams in subcontinent condition, left-hander comes in, off-spinner comes on to take the ball away from them. We do have Glenn Phillips um, and Kane that could bowl, but um, they, they sort of, I guess, only when we really sort of are, are struggling and, and need them. Um, so it will be very interesting to see how Gary Stead looks to um, create this batting order and some consistency for the tournament because I think a consistent lineup creates consistent um, results in T20 cricket. Um, and perhaps the injury to Ferguson, maybe that changed things a bit and they thought, well, let's play the extra batter. Um, there's no reason why Conway can't take the gloves as well. Um, and you play Milne in that position now. Um, so maybe having Tim Seifert there changed things around a bit. But, yeah, I, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Who's looking good for you in the comp on what you've seen so far? I mean, England have surprised me, very comfortable. Uh, Pakistan look absolutely fantastic. But uh, who else, who's impressed you? Um, well, obviously going into the competition, I thought, well, India and England are going to be the, the two teams. Uh, West Indies, unfortunately, have been pretty underwhelming. Uh, and they've come with the, the you know the big tag of, of of being world winners. I think have they won it two or three times, um, and they, they've got a lot of power. But I think what we're seeing on these wickets is that they're low scoring games. They're not very high scoring games. So that means that you need batsmanship. You don't just need guys that will go in there and bully it. And I think England for me look like the most complete team. Um, I don't want to say India at this stage. India. They, we know how good they are, but I would love to say that we're going to beat India. Um, I really do hope we can pull that one over them because, I mean, that would be a huge upset. Imagine India being knocked out um, of mm. going into the semis. So heading into it, England and India, but obviously with the, the loss to Pakistan, you'd have to wonder how, how India are going to go. And um, Yeah, for me, it's England at the moment. They're the informed team. Okay, well, that was uh, one. I, as I said, I didn't really forecast that. I, uh, and now, of course, um, because of the the, the draw, uh, the fact that we've got a lot of minnows to come uh, towards the end of our section, uh, the problem is uh, it could be pretty much all over for us if we don't get up, and that would be very, very um, disappointing. Uh, but this game, this game, um, and the, and it matters so much to India as well. Is is bigger than I thought. It's like a playoff game, and it's only the second one in the comp for us. <laughs> I know. That, that's the thing with the World Cups. I reckon every game, you know that it's got a bit of an edge on it. Now, Pakistan, they'll feel like they're a little bit com uh, feeling comfortable, but, you know, they've got Afghanistan next. And I, I think if there's going to be 
a few upsets in this World T20. I mean, we've seen in the past, we've seen the Netherlands beat England, you know, in an opener at Lords. Mm. Um, and I think Afghanistan, if there's going to be an upset, it's going to be them. They got 190 against Scotland and then bowled them out to 60. You know, Rashid Khan and uh, Mujib at the top of the, 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 the bowling attack there. I mean, Rashid Khan delivered four for nine and uh, Mujib was five for, for 20. So um, they're going to be tough. And if they find conditions like New Zealand faced the other day in Sharjah, um, there could be a few upsets. So it's not over yet, but you're right. India is a massive game and that's one to wake up for and, and listen to uh, SENZ. Okay, um, can we just touch on another issue that uh, has raised its bloody ugly head, I've got to say, and this is the Quinton de Kock issue, and of course you're from South Africa, uh, you probably have a lot of friends, uh, still uh, colleagues over there, who would have views on this and would be dismayed about the fact that Quinton de Kock, it appears, may have finished in terms of his career for South African cricket. Uh, this uh, is not a good look, uh, I, I guess it's a massive issue around the world, but what, what, what's, uh, what's your take on it, and where do you see it ending? Yeah, I, I'm not too sure the reasons why, and I don't think we know that yet from Quinton de Kock. Um, and maybe he's taking a stance on the board getting involved and telling the players what to do. Um, I, don't, I mean, yes, taking a knee, I think, you know, is the right thing to do, but it's a player's choice at the end of the day. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're, you're against it. Maybe, you know, I, my feeling is, and Dan McCarty always contests this with me, is I don't think that there's any room for politics in sport. Um, you know, you go and play the game, and you play it, it should unite nations and not tear them apart. And something like this now is potentially tearing nations apart and teams apart. Um, mm. Until we know the reason why it's, the cock has done it. I don't think that you know anyone should judge anyone for the decisions that they they take in in sports. Um, and it, it's unfortunate because I think you know South Africa is a great sporting nation, um, but they tend to overcomplicate things a lot when they get to world tournaments, and it takes away uh, from from the sport that you're actually playing. Uh, you've got the ability to. Um, you know, uh, help grow cultures and communities through sports. So I understand that those messages need to be there. But players are also there for the game of cricket. So I guess watch this space. It looks ugly at the moment and it doesn't look good. Mm. And it'll be a shame for, for cricket and, and South Africa and, and Quinton de Kock uh, if we see him go. Um, yeah. But yeah, once again, controversy surrounding South Africa and, and um, the colour side of things. Well, it's, and, and you say, and you, you know, I, I support your theory about politics and sport, but it's almost unavoidable. Um, and these days, uh, I, I think, uh, I think Daniel McCarty's right. I don't think you can, uh, you can kick it out. I mean, it's too deeply ensconced politics and sport now. And, and of course, uh, in South Africa, um, they have, in most of their sports, um, they have the quota system grant, don't they? Which um, has been in for quite some time now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's not really spoken about, but it's kind of there, and it's um, it's almost legislation. I think, you know, in many ways, um, the government wants to see the, the South African team represent the demographics of the country, and we know that that's, you know, primarily um, a, a country of colour. 
So I understand that, and I, you know, growing up, you want to look at your sports stars, and you want that to resonate with you, and and have a dream of playing for your country, which wasn't there during apartheid for anyone that was um, of colour. So I understand mm. that, but at the same time, I think that there must be frustrated players that maybe feel like they deserve a place in the team, and uh, that's probably why we we've seen a huge exodus of of South African players as well, as maybe they don't feel like they're getting um, a fair go. So I don't know where the quota system sits now, but there's players like uh, Rabada and uh, Bavuma who are fantastic players coming through the system, and it's great to see South Africa growing players of colour. Um, but, yeah, there, there is definitely the undercurrent of, um, you know, players feeling a little bit hard done by, by the system and the system letting themselves down. And when that ends and when it's just, you know, um, there is no uh, quota um, within the cricketing landscape of South Africa. We all know. I mean, it's been 27 years since uh, apartheid finished now, and that's another thing that I guess um, it, it takes uh, the shine off the sport, I think, in a, a lot of ways for mm. some people um, and becomes more political and not about hitting a leather ball around a field. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And when you talk of a leather ball around the field, you're also growing, including rugby as well. So, hey, look, um, thanks very much um, uh, for your thoughts this morning on, on all those matters. Uh, and look forward to your commentary along with Daniel um, for this uh, Black Caps India match. I, I actually can't wait. I, I think it's probably the match of the tournament for us all of a sudden. So, uh, look forward to it, mate. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot, Smitty. Always nice getting in the show. Cheers. Uh, Grand Elliot there, folks, with some very honest views on it um, being brought up and. South Africa, of course, and still because uh, of his upbringing, his heritage, very interested in the situation. But you can tell, too, um, you know, it's a very delicate situation and um, it's not one that um, you can be too outspoken on um, without knowing the facts.